Here we go, another episode of the Care Exchange, the Skills for Care podcast for managers in social care. I'm Pierre F.J. Burton. And I'm Ali Rusbridge. Our guest today is Joseph Hughes. Joseph is the registered manager of two services to support people with learning disabilities based in the northwest of England. His services are both rated outstanding by CQC. And our locality manager colleague Carol Mitchell suggested that Joseph would be a really good manager to have on the Care Exchange. I think she probably twisted his arm to come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Carol. And um, Skills for Care has locality managers like Carol across England, and we all know our local areas really well. So if you're not in touch with your locality manager, they're a good person to get to know, and I suggest that you connect with them. Yeah, but be reassured, we're not all going to twist your arm and get you to appear in a podcast. <laughs> and if you don't know your locality manager, you can find details on how to connect with them in the show notes and on our website. We did have a few sound issues when we spoke to Joseph. Um, I really hope it's not too distracting and you can still enjoy the conversation. So on with the show. So welcome to the Care Exchange, Joseph. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's okay. It's great to have you have you here. I'm really excited about having you here today. Um, so what was your journey into social care? Um, I guess it really started after university. So um, I'd been at University of Manchester and I'd studied social policy. But when I left, I still didn't really have any idea or clue about what I wanted to do. So I ended up moving to North Wales and doing an admin job for a while, which I hated. And then a friend of mine from uni who'd done support work during uni told me about it. Um, I look into it. Um, she said, you know, it's not the best paid, but you can do lots of hours. You can do sleepings. It's good fun. Um, so yeah, I applied for a bank worker position and I did it for about 18 months in North Wales. And I just really, um, really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. And then um, I thought I'd continue in sort of social care. So I applied for a senior support worker position company called creative support um and i didn't have the experience and i didn't have the mvq they wanted but i passed the interview um and yeah then i spent six years with creative support um I, a kind of traditional route really i sort of gained promotions and yeah. you know got more responsibilities though so in terms of my social care journey one of the most sort of Im important things was my first manager so I worked, I worked with her for six years um, and it was, it was so important because I learned so much from her. I just watched the way she conducted herself and the way she, the, the way she sort of managed people and such source of support and, you know, coaching and mentoring for me. And yeah, I had six years at Creative Support. Um, yeah, overall a really good experience. And then did you then join where you are now? Yes, so then um, when I left Creative Support, I joined an organisation called City Care Partnership. Um, yeah, I love working for this company. Actually, when I left Creative Support, I went from a very, very large provider. And I do remember thinking that I wondered if I'd be able to like achieve my career aspirations going from a smaller, uh, sorry, from a larger to a smaller. Um, and I thought perhaps I'd have to move on, but it's nearly 10 years later in January. Oh. Yeah, and again, I'd say that I've had a really good, overall, like a really great experience here. Yeah, otherwise I wouldn't have yeah. stayed as long as I have. 
And you're a registered manager for two services, aren't you? I am the registered manager of a care home in Stockport, uh, a residential yeah. service for people with learning disabilities and autism. And yeah. that's called Heat and Vale. And my real role means that I have responsibility over supported living services in okay. Manchester. Yeah. Okay. And both those services are rated outstanding. They are. Okay. So well yeah. done. So how many staff do you sort of manage? Um, I have two direct reports, but indirectly, I think it's between 80 and 90 staff. Okay. And uh, then, a yeah, a lot of staff. And then I think oh, the organisation supports over 50 now. And I think in my area is probably around 25, I think. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I kind of just went, oh, they're both outstanding. Like it was, you know, something that <laughs> happens every day. It clearly isn't something yeah. that's that every single service. Yeah. And one of them is rated outstanding in, in all five domains, which is, you know, uh, you know an yeah, amazing yeah, achievement. Yeah. What do you think are the sort of kind of key ingredients? What are the things that you think, well, this is the reason why that's the case? Um, the thing that really shone through for me and the thing that I was most proud of, because it's something that we probably work the hardest at, was brings to the really strong organisational culture and the sort of values. So we are a very values-driven organisation. You know, it gives you that vision, doesn't it? It influences the way you work, um, the relationships that you have with people. And I think, yeah. um, so at City Care, we um, pride ourselves on valuing all, in, all the individuals. Um, we work very hard to create a positive work environment. Um, you want people to come to work and to feel um, comfortable, that they have a voice. And I know these are words that you band around, but it, it really is uh, something that we work really hard at. So, I, yeah, I remember when I read that, it was a thread throughout the report about the culture and the values and the ethos. Um, and I was, I was particularly proud of that. Yeah, it really shows when you're reading reading your reports. Obviously, yeah. before we, we chatted today, I, I read both reports. It really shone that that those that mm. culture for yeah. everybody. You know, the people that are working there and the people you're supporting. That actually, every single person that's connected yeah. to your organisation are important. Yeah, I, I think that's it. I think the other thing as well. So one of the other things that um, was noted in the the inspection reports was about. Um, our commitment and our willingness and our ability to work like collaboratively, um, yeah. recognizing that in order to achieve our aims and to achieve everything we want, that we we had to do that. It's a necessary part of the job. So I think that again, it sort of it, it links in with the ethos, but it's about um, developing relationship, managing relationships, and the values that you need to do that really well. I think I was thinking about examples of it, and there are a, a number of them sort of mentioned in the reports, but. I find myself quite often in like huge MDTs where we're working on complex risk management plans. And there might be 10 other people in there all with their own priorities or with their own agendas. And it's really difficult. It's really stressful and it's really tough, but I think um, we do that really well. And more often than not, it means that we get really positive outcomes for the people we support. So uh, I think they were referenced other examples might be when we link up with other people for initiatives. Um, one example from recently, we're running a sort of trial program um, for re learning to read and they were looking for volunteers. So we linked up with them and it was some sort of program they were doing and somebody we support at Heaton Vale who's 50, I think he was 50 this year, has never been able to read. He's been on that program for a year now. Yeah, and he's and he's able to read and stuff. So it's not it's, what I mean is it's not just you know when you talk about it in terms of working well with families, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 
it's again another sort of really important yeah, yeah, yeah. factor in our success. And I think that's as about looking outwards, isn't it? Because social yeah. care is such a vibrant, there's so many things happening in social care. So sometimes almost, you know, too crowded to actually find a thing that's going to really yeah. help somebody use support. And that sounds like that. Yeah. This project actually was an yeah. amazing fit. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it worked really well. So um, I, th I think they were. Um, a couple of the things that were mentioned, I think the other thing to mention too is that like those reports and those ratings were the culmination of so many years. And when I talk about collaboration, like within the organization, we have all these different departments and it's like a, a sort of cogs in a wheel analogy. It took all of those to be working and all really well. Um, one of the things that I learned very early on in my career, fortunately, and sort of very early on when I was doing the role of registered manager, is that it, it's such a multifaceted role. There's so much skills and knowledge, you know, have the skills that you need to have when it's people management, it's regulatory sort of rules and that kind of thing. So remember, I remember when I moved to um, City Care Partnership and I started working with my new manager, um, he was the person that really taught me that I didn't have to be the, the best at everything and I didn't have to know everything. Um, not that it's not important to continue to work really hard to develop the bits that you need to, but like to give yourself a break and not yeah. to be so self-critical that you don't. And then I kind of took that forward. I remember, I think it was in 2015. Um, it's the first time that I ever managed a care home. So I'd never done residential services before, just supported living. Um, and I'd never worked in that particular local authority. And I remember at the time thinking, I know they do medicine management differently. I know the infection control requirements are different. I don't know exactly how, but I know that they are. Um, at the very start, I, I, I got the contact in, state, uh, in um, Stockport for the contract officer. And he then linked me up with the care home officer, who was the nurse. She linked me up with the safeguarding lead, mm -hmm. dolls, all these people. And I actually requested that they come and do an advisory visit. Um, they brought the paperwork. They kind of did like mock inspections and that kind of thing. And it was just really helpful. And, and some of those people are in position now and they're still people that I call up for, for help mm -hmm. and, uh, and advice at times. Yeah. I think it's a really good, good point that, you know, you can't, Get, you're not born to be a uh, you know you, you're not you don't kind of get, get to your role mm. and know everything that you're going to be mm. learning all the time reach out and says I don't know much about this yeah can you help me and be mm. honest about that I think that's mm. you know yeah really Absolutely. good way of doing it the other the other thing that really shot Sean out when I was looking at your inspection report on your website was about positive behavior support yeah so first of all for those who don't know, what is PBS? Um, so PBS is the model of support, really, that was adopted by City Care probably 10 years ago. Um, and it's a values-based approach that you use to support people who have a learning disability um, and autism, and who also have behaviours that can drive as challenging. Yeah. Um, so the, the sort of overall aim is to improve the person's quality of life. That's the overarching aim. Yeah. And then you do that by sort of working to understand the functions of behavior so that you can reduce challenging behavior, build self-esteem and it builds skills. Um, and it might mean making sort of changes and adaptations to the person's environment. It's yeah. a very person-centered way of working with someone, isn't it? They are really in the center of everything that you're thinking about that person. 
It is, yeah. So um, the values that I'm talking about are, they sort of come from person-centered um, planning and PBS as a model of support is also values-based. And I think, I think that's one of the reasons why it kind of works so well, yeah. Yeah. And how have you yeah. gone about embedding that within, your, within the services? I think they recognised that it was the best model at the time. I think Build, British Institute of Learning Disabilities, also recommended it as the sort of best model for work with challenging behaviour. So that commitment meant investing heavily in the training. Um, and I think it meant investing heavily throughout layers as well. So taking a very organisational approach to it. As part of the um, that organisational approach, that also included investing heavily in training. Yeah. So... Um, it's, it's about, so if we have support staff that are new to support work, they will complete an introduction to PBS as part of their induction. Um, the, 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 the managers who work at maybe a junior and middle level, they will complete a certificate. Um, the, the middle and senior managers might do the advanced certificate. And then we also have a PBS lead and a speech and language therapist. I think it's some sort of like professional diploma yeah. they're qualified in. So we have all these levels of expertise um, throughout the organization yeah and, and do you that, think that, that, that seems train, to work really well and do you think training everybody and in particular your frontline mm-hmm. staff so your sort of support worker to a good level of understanding of something that's so important yeah. do you think that changes how they feel about work you know we touched on before about um the aim being to create a really nice work environment for people yeah. i think that people to be happy at work and I think the other hallmarks of really high quality services is that you have to have staff that are very well trained and sort of highly skilled and they're happy and that's sort of a a way you go about achieving good quality it certainly has a positive effect on it and I think at City Care over the years um, you know we've had about eight or ten years of austerity haven't we in trainings often the first thing that gets reviewed in terms of sort of cost cutting but they persevered and they prioritized training Um, I think the training that we give to the staff on PBS um, certainly gives them the tools to do their job. Um, And then what we also did as well, another, we introduced the new um, support worker role. So, um, and it's called the practice lead support worker. And the main sort of function and priority of the practice lead is to support the implementation of PBS in services. So, yeah, because, you know, usually in in, in really the support work manager route, so this gives people that maybe aren't interested in progressing in that kind of way um, an alternative and it comes with a plan, its own yeah. pay scales and sort of opportunities to progress in that direction. Yeah. There's a kind of lead practitioner type role, is it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It would be that kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. Sounds great. And yeah. wow. Yeah. I just, I'm just trying to kind of process that because that, yeah, that's so unusual to kind mm. of, so you almost have two career paths within your your service yeah. that's so many um I don't know, benefits or you know people can kind of really think well you know there's either the career path of manager which is supposed to be quite traditional or not and it's not for everybody yeah. and then there's the career mm-hmm. the other career that's that's really 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 great yeah. and I, you can i can really see how a member staff coming to you maybe coming from a different sector or coming mm-hmm. you know from university or or, or college yeah. kind of thinking wow you know, they're mm. going to really look after me here, providing me with some really good training. I can see where mm-hmm. I can go with it. You know, the fact that you can mm. say, well, actually, when you become middle management, when you have the certificate, I really sort of see that. I can, I can exactly, imagine yeah. a, a member staff thinking, oh, <laughs> mm, <laughs> I'm going yeah. to be looked after here. Yeah, 
And I think, and I think, I think one of the other things, if we're we're talking about how we've embedded PBS, is that like I'm no expert at PBS. I've completed my advanced certificate, but it's, it's a number of other things that I'm kind of involved with. But we're very fortunate that we do get to work with experts in PBS. So, and what they do is they support staff teams. Uh, they provide training on active support communication training and they will support teams to develop pbs plans um skill development plans and yeah and support the implementation and even if we're working on very plans and assessments we actually link up with a company called redstone pbs and they're an external um organization and they also sort of link in with us so yeah your example of multidisciplinary teamwork in the mdts you mentioned Yeah. yeah yeah So the other thing I noticed was that you, as an organisation, provide a lot of different uh, meaningful activities, yeah. uh, in, including a, a, obviously a lot of outdoors. And I, I know I was particularly impressed with the fact that you're funding, you fund walking boots, but that really right. says, you know, yeah. if you if you get if you get that contract through and it says you're going to get funding for that, you know, you I'm going to be outside, I'm going to be doing yeah. lots of stuff. Yeah. What? Why do you do that? Um, well, it's it, as long as I've been there and well before. Um, having making sure that people have access to meaningful activities that they have the opportunity to go and sort of pursue things that they're interested in that make them happy is sort of essential really if you're trying to meet somebody's emotional and social and sort of physical needs um i think city care um in the same way they prioritize something like pbs they also prioritize activities um they understand that people need Uh, to be stimulated and to be fulfilled, which is why they've invested so heavily in our own sort of internal activity services. And I think, yeah, we have to talk about it as part of the recruitment process. We do let them know that like a a big part of the job is physical activities that you will hike and people have to say that they're okay with that. And if they're not, it's an automatic fail question (laughs) because we do that. Yeah. So they, I think, and it's lovely, you know, people, you come in handover and then you might spend the morning just doing your pack lunch and your kit check. Everybody travels in convoy and obviously this is non-pandemic. They all travel to a meeting spot. They meet the other services. They then go to the start of the hike and it's places like the Peak District or it's, you know, all over these sort of beautiful spots in the Northwest. And we have a hike lead and they hike together. They eat lunch together. They finish together. And then everyone sort of comes home for tea time, relax and that's your Monday done. Yeah. And it's, and it's as much fun, I think, for the staff as it is for the people we support because they get all the benefits really sociable as well for them so so yeah the hikes are a big deal yeah and how you manage things that meaningful activities during the pandemic because that must have been quite a big change for what you're normally providing yeah absolutely so um yeah like i've said so many of our activities were maybe classroom based or out on hikes that kind of thing group sessions that haven't really been possible for the most part for the last year um but they just adapted really incredibly well. So they've really, um, they've really adapted to using technology. So at the very start of the pandemic, all of the smartphones, and we already had iPads, so first and foremost to make sure people can stay connected. Um, and they devised this, um, it's called the WhatsApp group, which is a WhatsApp group essentially. So everybody is sort of joined on there. It's moderated, so it has people that moderate that group. But what people have done then, recipes or if they're out doing their own activities they can share all of those on the whatsapp group and stay connected and it's been like it's been such a godsend for so many people great name isn't it the whatsapp group group, yeah yeah Yeah, it's been it's been so important for the last last 12 months for people 
yeah. think it's really interesting, isn't it? Obviously, there's going to be some things that we never want to do ever again. Yes. But then there's going to be some things that we're going, actually, this yeah. is this has been a real benefit for our service. And we're going to continue to do that because it's going to add, it's adding value to what we're supporting and the staff, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I agree and that's I think that is just the process that we're going through at the moment so it's not just for the people we support it's been a real uh, tool for keeping people connected and I think yeah we're just working out continue that because like you said it's something we've discovered has real value um, and real importance so yeah we're just working on that at the moment. Um, About the health charter um, yes, yeah, so that the health charter then. So um, the fact is that people with a learning disability have worse health than the general population and they die earlier. Um, I think if you're a female, it's around 20 years earlier. So the health charter was created in response to that. Um, and it has the overall aim of improving like health and well-being of people yeah. with learning disabilities. But it's also about improving people's quality of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the way what you do is when you sign up to it, uh, there are a number of pledges that you have to take. So it's things like um, committing to understand and use the principles of Mental Capacity Act, mm-hmm. um, making sure you involve families and listen to them, involve them in decision making and other things like making sure people have a health action plan and a hospital passport. And then what we did. So we, we were one of the first people to sign up to it about uh, about six or seven years ago. And then you sort of prioritize what you want. Um, And then the way that works is every month we'll send out posters and newsletters that sort of publicize, sorry, the health charter. Um, And this month's example was, it was around healthy eating and making healthy choices. So the poster goes out once a month. It'll be, there'll be links to so accessible information. So how to eat healthily, tips for healthy eating, what a plate of healthy food looks like. They'll set you tasks and challenges. So um, to go alongside the healthy eating tips, it was the challenge this month, you plan your meals for the week and it will send out links to, you know, meal planning charts. Um, Alongside that, they'll say another challenge that you score points for would be thing list so you can shop for the week's planning. So people are learning skills the whole time, acquiring knowledge. And then what they do is they share what they've done on WhatsApp. And yeah, I think overall, it really helps. It's not just about improving sort of health outcomes for people. You know, people are sort of staying connected. Um, Yeah, it's been really, uh, really great for all of those things. And what happens to the points? So last year, when they reviewed it at the end of last year, it used to be that you'd get individual winners and that you would get uh, the services would be rated too. So you, if, if you, I don't know, if you've participated in the activities, if you've completed some challenges, you score points. However, at the end of last year, they've moved away from point scoring because I think some of the services were unhappy about the competition and the pressure. And now this year, it's far more about just sharing experiences and right. celebrating people's okay. achievements. So that's all internal, that is. And yeah, yeah, a lot of it's done through the WhatsApp. So so it's a lot of kind of, obviously, you're part of a organisation. How many other services are there? Um, So I think across the organisation, there's about maybe about 18 different sites. uh, And they're all all across Manchester. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the things you're doing as part of your organisation, you're kind of linking with all the other services. Definitely. So people really feel they're part of a... They're part of an organisation. They they know the people down the road. I may not see them all the time, but obviously through the yeah. for the WhatsApp group, etc. Well, it, it's kind of like very informal. 
and everybody knows each other because normally you cross over so much on the activities. Yeah. There's yeah. expectation that everybody gets involved. It doesn't matter what yeah. your role is and what your job title is, uh, that you get involved and you participate in these things. So yeah, um, although there are, we're, we're all across these different sites, we, we see each other and it has that really sort of nice connected feel, yeah, yeah. across the organization. That's great. Yeah. So as a manager, managing all those things, what are the key ingredients that you bring? I'm thinking about the meaningful activities, the PBS, the health charger. What are the things that you contribute to make it happen? Well, I, I think my role in all of these things, I have to really drive that. So like we were talking before about the way PBS and the organisation is very values driven. Well, my values align very much with them as well. So I consider my job about making sure I'm embodying those at all times and that I'm really passionate and I'm really yeah. positive about new initiatives. Because sometimes, you know, they're not always met positively. Some people are reluctant, they have lots to do. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's one thing, certainly. And then since I became a regional manager and my area is much greater, I find that I have to have a lot of sort of systems and structures in place that keep me organized. So if we're thinking about you know, quality assurance, for example, I have to make sure that I've got these really thorough and extensive quality assurance systems in place so that I know that all of our contractual requirements are being met, that all the regulatory requirements are being met. Um, and just so I can sort of sleep at, mind and have, sleep at night and have peace of mind. So, so yeah, I'd say systems and processes are really important. Yeah. I'm very organized and we put a lot of effort and emphasis on. Yeah. And that's really the well-led part of, of, yeah of that isn't it to, yeah. to kind of you you seem like you're kind of really really believe in everything that you're doing and that yeah. kind of spreads across the rest of your staff team and then alongside that with your with your organizational skills yeah, yeah. so the other thing that you've been involved with um and the list is quite long isn't it <laughs> you've okay. been involved with, is that you contribute to the skills for care good and the yeah. improvement guide a couple of years ago That's why did correct. you why did you decide to do that well, I thought it was really, um, it was really nice to be asked. It wasn't long after, you know, we had some really good inspection results. Like, honestly, I think, why wouldn't you? I think places that we're lucky enough that, you know, have these outstanding ratings and we have all these great resources and great people, like, why wouldn't you opportunity to share the knowledge that you've gained and to, to share the experiences? I certainly appreciate where I work but I understand it's not the same everywhere mm -hmm. people you know the quality of care does vary doesn't it from place to place and that's that's not critical of like individuals or people it's just a fact and I think yeah for me I think people go into social care because they want to improve they're passionate about improving the lives of the people that they work with and if yeah. you have an opportunity to share that I think it's a bit of a no-brainer really yeah 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 absolutely and I think you know to be able to sort of kind of stand back and reflect almost what what is it what are yeah. the things that we're doing and then yeah. passing that on I think that's yeah really yeah good. well I, I think during the pandemic what's been really useful for that is that I am now you know I spoke about networks before I'm part of a regional man sorry a registered manager network yeah. on whatsapp quality yeah. leads and the amount of info through those um, is absolutely amazing and I'll ask questions on there for people I, you know I'm not sure about the visiting rules or you know how are people approaching this and get in terms of the vaccinations so that that's really great and I think like there's loads of webinars uh, like short training things on there so yeah, hmm. I'm going to ask you some questions that we ask all our um, podcast guests now right. so I'm going to start by saying 
story or experience do you always tell people? It could be either social or at work. What's, what's your go-to story? I'm, I'm laughing because I've got lots of funny stories, but I'm not sure any of them appropriate for the, for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. But one, th- one thing I will say, um, I used to work in a bingo hall. And so for the past 12 months, I've been doing a fortnightly bingo night with work. <laughs> your past has come back and caught up with you. Exactly. <laughs> but it, it's been really nice, though, because like I have to work from home and I have done since the start. So I'm a little bit disconnected and a bit isolated. And I've been doing this group now for a year and I've got my regulars in terms of the people we support that come along all the time um like I said before some of the people that shielded drop in and play occasionally because they're you know probably getting a bit lonely and also um my colleagues at work too so that they sort of drop in and it's been going for a year so yeah that's nice I I think we might have to um find out about the other stories at another time (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a shiny suit that you wear when you're bingo calling or, or, or some sort of, some sort of wear that you can kind of say, now, now I'm the bingo caller? I used to make such an effort at the start. I used to put on a shirt and brush my hair. <laughs> I, don't do, I don't do that some more. I did used to make more of an effort. Yeah, not so much anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, all through this, I think you've come across as, as really loving your job and you've mentioned how much you enjoy the organisations you work for. But I'm going to ask you to sort of really try and say what you really, really like about what you do. And, and we put two reallys in there because it's getting yeah. to the of what is it that you love? Um, I think for me, it's, it's about the people that I work with. So um, like this last year has been quite isolated and we've had to work from home. And um, in terms of the way... Well, my management style and the way I lead, I I actually just really like being around people. I miss the staff teams. um, And yeah, that's been one of the most difficult things. And it's made me, I'm only really allowed to go in there if my colleague who's in my COVID leave team is either, he's either self-isolating or an annual leave. So my opportunities are really limited, you know, catching up with the staff and and just being around people because I I guess that's the part of my job that I've, I've always enjoyed most, I'd say, yeah. Brilliant. So you yeah. really, really get on with your staff? Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So Joseph, um, for our time to care slot that we have with all our guests, what do you think is your most time-saving tip? What would you give in terms of advice to other managers? Don't be afraid to ask for help. Like I used to spend so much time worrying, knowing what to do, stressing, because like, you know, it's just too difficult and too big, isn't it, to know what to do all the time. So yeah, just ask for help, you know, don't be afraid to say you're not sure about something or can I run something past you? Um, because it saves you an awful lot of time and worrying, I'd say, yeah. That's a really good tip. Okay, so um, thinking about everything you said and you, you've told us so much and certainly, you know, all your passion has come across in what you do, but are you able to tell us in, say, three words to sum up your main messages um, as, a, as a sort of takeaway for others? What, what would you say are your three key words? Um, do you know what? I'd probably go back to ask for help because I, I, I haven't really got an answer. Maybe something about, like, relationships. I think they're so important, but either that or ask for help. 
Okay. We'll let you have two lots. Two versions. <laughs> yeah, two <laughs> versions. We can we can take up there. Okay. No, that's great. Thanks so much, Joseph. That's right. really helpful. You've been absolutely great, Joseph. Really, really just so lovely to hear your passion for the for the role and, and just so lovely that to be able to sort of kind of say, Well, you know, this is something that you really, really believe in. So yeah. thank it you. It took me much. by surprise there, because I thought you were going to say about the people you're supporting, but to say the yeah. staff team, that's a really nice take on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I do. I, I do just really miss being there and I do miss being around the, my colleagues and the, uh, the teams. Yeah. 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 So thank you so much for coming along today. Um, thank you. Bye. Right. Thank okay, you. Bye. 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 Oh, it was great. It was great to have Joe as, as a guest. And I'm very conscious he's the first of our, our men that we've had on the podcast yeah, as well. So really good. Guest, the bit I'm thinking about still is the fact that they give all their staff walking boots and, and gear for outdoors so that they can go out with people. I think that's just such a great thing. I, I feel like I want to go and work for them to go out yeah. and, and walk with people. It was just such a lovely thing to do, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great to get to, to do that for the for the staff and actually really embed in that way how important it is to have meaningful activities yeah and I love that I love good. that I, I also thought it was really helpful the way that he explained what positive behavioral support was because I know that that's something that if you if you haven't worked in the, the field of learning disabilities and autism you may not have come across and I thought yeah. you explained it really really well yeah, I know we have got um, a learning disability page on our website under uh, ongoing learning and development. And that's that's got something about PBS, actually, and, and obviously lots of other resources. And the other thing it's got that, that people may not be aware of is that you can sign up to a learning disability newsletter there, which is where we put all the updated information. So that might be of interest to some people who, who perhaps are, are working in that field who may not know that we have yeah. a newsletter. Yeah, and it's separate to the e-news. Um, so, oh, as, as Ali says, it's, it's, it's specifically for people with learning disabilities or services to support people with learning disabilities and autism. Um, and it will have all the up-to-date uh, information, all the, any, any changes, uh, training opportunities, etc. So really worth signing up to if you support people with learning disabilities and autism. We've also just published a, a new resource called A Guide to Supporting People with Face Coverings and Other COVID-19 Related Challenges that I really do recommend you look at. Yeah, it's a great guide with loads of useful tips, ideas. Uh, there's even got some training material, presentations you can use with your workforce, really practical solutions to some of the challenges that people with learning disabilities and autism may have had. And it also covers face covering, uh, testing, swapping, just, you know, such a useful guide to have a look at. The other thing that really struck me was when he was talking about the, the no-brainer of getting involved with contributing to the Good and Outstanding Guide and sharing good practices uh, from, his, from his service. Um, you know, I always think it's really great to go out there and it could be through a resource like the Good and Outstanding Guide or it could be through your networks or he mentioned WhatsApp groups as well. You know, share what you're knowing and ask mm. questions. In, in terms of the Good and Outstanding Guides, the Skills for Care is reviewing and updating our resources um, and it, it will be uh, published in, in the autumn an online version of the good and outstanding guide and it will be reviewed following the changes that CQC are currently making mm. yeah so hope, hope for that will be really good for people to be able to access online 
So that was the end of this episode of the K Exchange. We hope you can join us for the next episode. Do remember to subscribe so you get notifications. Um, and we uh, hope to hope to have you join us next time. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye.